Welcome to episode 38 of the Gold Card Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Vince Colotti, at Gelati LOL on Twitter. With me tonight, we have John George at the Esports Plug. How are we doing, everybody? Calvin T at Ruler R. Sama. Hello. And Chris Chung at Prime Time. Stop it, you lawnmower guy, you. Um, <laughs> Chris got some background lawnmower noise, so we will do our best to work with that. But. We are here for our North American tier list and power ranking show, um, the second in our preseason series uh, as we prepare for the major leagues to start. Uh, you guys ready to get into this? I'll I'll do a quick layout of the tiers and then we'll uh, get going. Right? Let's do it, buddy. All right, cool. So, uh, just like on the LPL show, um, we're gonna have to, we're gonna define everything by tiers and then have like rankings in between uh, as a way to kind of give us some more uh, definition, right? So first we're going to have our S-tier teams. S-tier teams are world championship caliber teams or teams that are, like, substantially better than the region. Um, I'll put an S-plus to any team that we think deserves it. Um, they're going to be teams that are actually going to be competing for a title. Then we have the A-tier, which are likely playoff teams. Uh, they could contend for a title if a few things go their way, uh, but they're usually solid teams with, like, maybe a weakness or two or high upside teams with a couple smaller question marks. Then we have the B tier, which is teams that might make the playoffs or they might just miss. This is where most teams are going to fall. They're going to be like your middle-of-the-pack teams. Uh, often they do one thing well, but they have other weaknesses or multiple re- weaknesses. Or they're pretty solid, but they don't excel in any particular thing. Uh, next up, we have C tier, which is going to be your non-playoff teams. Uh, they need a lot of things to go well to have a shot at competing for a domestic title. A lot of times these teams are competing but they lack the overall skill or ability to really compete with the top of their uh their region d tier is non-playoff teams that are almost definitely non-playoff teams short of a miracle or some crazy things happening this is often where like rebuilding teams or teams with like bigger rosters and lots of subs end up um end up or just teams that are not that good and then last but not least i don't know if we'll have any but maybe we will is the f tier which is uh Teams that basically don't belong in the major league. Like, these are teams that are basically would be more suited to be a challenger team or something like that. All right. That's going to be our tiers. You guys ready to rock and roll on this? Let's do it, man. All right. Cool. Fire so, we'll start from the top. Let's start from the top in NA. We went we went backwards, forwards in, uh, in the LPL because I think it was a 17-team league. It's a little more interesting. But I think in the western regions, we'll start from the top and go to the bottom. At least for this show, we will. Um, so I have, so we, we aggregated all of our odds or all of our, um, our rankings and we all unanimously have team liquid at number one in North America. I don't think this is particularly surprising or interesting to anybody. Uh, team liquid, uh, the only real question mark we have with team liquid is that they're having some visa issues. So they're like, I think they're starting the season with Pobelter playing jungle, right? So there's a chance they maybe start off a little slow, like didn't get good quality off-season practice. Uh, they might have a rough start, but like I, I just don't see a universe where this team doesn't end up winning this title. Like who, like there's like one or there's a, a small couple teams that might challenge them for the title. I maybe not quite as quite as hardcore as you this season. I think there's like a couple contenders in NA this season. I think Team Liquid should be a solid favorite to win North America, but. I do think TSM's new roster is very good. I think EG's roster has ceiling. 
So I'm not as comfortable with Team Liquid as I was in the last two splits where I just really didn't think there was any way that anyone was going to beat them. Yeah, just but to... I still think they're the best. Yeah, I think just to clarify, like, I, I'm I'm in the same boat where I, I don't think it's as surefire a thing as it's been last, like, all of 2019, basically. Like, I don't mm. think it's as guaranteed because I, too, think TSM has a good shot, but we'll... We'll get to them in a bit. Uh, Calvin, what do you what do you think on Team Liquid? Any any questions? Um, you have nope. them number one. I think they're still the best team in North America right now. Uh, I would, I, I'm probably just 100 percent confident they're going to make it to Worlds again. In my opinion, um, you know, it really kept the same roster. Added Broxa. I mean, what like, what really can go wrong? I mean, Broxa's I think it's an upgrade. Yeah, I, th- I think Brock. Th- that, I mean, I guess that's the big question, right? Like, there's the the t- the two, the only two real questions are: is Broxa actually an upgrade versus like not an upgrade? And if so, what's the difference? So, like, let's go down the line just real quick on that. Like, I, I think Broxa probably has more upside, but like, there's a chance he's maybe slightly worse or just doesn't fit. But even then, like, the floor is so high with him that I I don't know. Like, maybe you guys feel the same way. Mine. Uh... I think he's 100% an upgrade. I definitely thought Smithy was the weakest thing on the team. I thought Broxa played very well for the most part last last year. I think Broxa's for sure an upgrade. There is an argument that maybe the, the stylistic stuff doesn't fit like you're talking about. Sometimes coming from EU to NA, it is a different kind of play style. They play at a different pace. It might not work as well. I think he's, But I think he's definitely an upgrade. Um, the only thing for me is that other teams have gotten better, not the Team Liquid has gotten worse. I think they're they'll be as good as they were last season and better and then other teams are going to have taken big steps up too so it's only whether or not they can fend that off okay that's another good angle to approach like so like chris what do you what do you think like is is, is there that big of a gap between tl as the as the gap closed between the rest of the region and them or, or yeah just... yeah and i think uh my rankings especially reflect what i'm expecting to see at the end of the year uh, or at the end of the split which this is assuming that broxa will be inserted at some point and there is a good chance that sometimes teams are like, all right, this visa stuff is taking too long. Even if he gets here, let's just get full belter through the rest of the split. Because it doesn't matter for Worlds. It really doesn't matter, this spring split. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, I agree with John. Broxa is a much bigger upgrade. Team Liquid is moving more towards a, a, a where I think that each person on that five team can take care of themselves. Whereas before, I feel like some need to cover for someone else. Um, I'm, I'm very much confident Impact can take care of the top lane by himself that frees up Brasa to do his thing if he continues to do with his style which I've seen since I guess 2018 when I first saw him it has done nothing but improve in and of itself so I'm pretty much high on this team uh, there will be upsets particularly early in the season I do think Full Belter will be the reason for that um, but uh, the other, the the one thing that I do have to say that I don't think Xmithy was as big as a problem as Jensen was last year at Worlds. I think that at Worlds specifically, I'd agree with you 100. Um, so yeah, I think uh, we'll all agree. And until other teams have proven them to be have improved themselves beyond just the paper, they have to show it on stage. Uh, I think Team Liquid um, stays the king of NA. All right, cool. Anything else on Team Liquid, guys? A quick question for you. If you were going to make an upgrade on Team Liquid, we talked about this before, but if you right now you could get the best player in the world at any role and put them on Team Liquid, who would you replace if you had to replace like this roster or last year's roster? Their current roster. Their current so roster. They, they have Broxa. Current roster, I'd replace Jensen. 
You'd place, I think it's it's really close. I think I would replace Jensen for sure. I would replace but, uh, Jensen or Broxa, and that's yeah. only because the level of talent like elsewhere that you could if 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 you hypothetically could bring in the the literal best player at a position, yeah, I'm gonna say jungler mid because I think they impact the game very much. I mean, if you want to just like talk individual players, yeah, bring the shy in and replace impact. I don't care. Yeah, that was <laughs> that's, my yeah, yeah, like that's the that exception. I, I should have but... worded the question differently because I definitely think that I would replace Jensen, but because of the bridge, like the gap between people and the shy, it actually might have to be impact. Because <laughs> the shy horizon. Not because impact is the problem, but yeah, yeah, I think uh, Jensen. I just wanted to see if that was you guys' answer too. Jensen would be the guy, the next guy I'd be replacing. Yeah, and it's not any any real slight against him. It's just mostly that. You know, there's a ton of mid lane talent. Yeah, and the team's trying to become, you know, world championship winning quality. So that said, I think he had a couple bad games at Worlds, and that sticks with someone. He could be motivated to improve a lot. I think he can improve. He's still a young player, so yeah, for sure. All right, uh, number two uh, in our aggregated placements, we had TSM at two point two. Uh, I have TSM in an, in the S tier with Liquid, but it's kind of like. S minus because I still have some question marks with this team, but I think uh, John, you also had TSM in like your S tier, while uh, Chris and Cal had them in the next tier down. Uh, I think Chris had them the lowest at number three. So TSM looks like our consensus number two. Um, yeah, chime in. Um, Kabe is like such a huge pickup for TSM. Uh, they had struggled at eighty carry pretty badly uh and i think kabe's was among the best if not the best ad carry in eu and he used just a better region so bringing over like the best ad carry or near best ad carry from a better region honestly i think there's a very good argument that Kabe's better than double lift i think those two are very close to each other uh at the very at least, least double is gonna have a close. challenge now like at the very least liquid's bot lane is gonna have a challenge they exactly didn't have one last year so and then Bjergsen, for me, has always just been, or like in the recent times, has just been a good, solid, above-average mid laner, so they got that going for them. Uh, Dardoch, uh, I talked about this extensively on like all my stuff, but Dardoch is my biggest issue, but not because I think he's toxic, just because I don't think he's been that good in the last like year and a bit. 100% agree with this. Yeah, we talked about this before, but a lot of people are saying like, oh, he's going to be toxic and can they put up with the toxicity to get the superstar play style of, of Dardock? But the problem is he had a superstar play style and toxicity like two and a half years ago. In recent time, I haven't heard almost anything about the toxicity and I haven't really seen him being a superstar level yeah. player. If he was that miserable, then he wouldn't be on teams, period. Like, yeah. if that was a problem, then teams would snuff this out and be like, no, we're just not going to deal with this, right? Yeah, it just so, seems to me like now he's just an average jungler. It's, it's a tired narrative. <laughs> it's a tired yeah. narrative. He just strikes me as a, kind of an average jungler at this point. He's not a superstar player, and he's doesn't have the toxicity issues. So, so he's average, and then Broken Blade's kind of an up-and-coming rookie that had a pretty good split last split. Yeah, I was going to say, like, so, John, you and I had them a cut above everyone else, and like, well, it's, I say a cut above, just like a tier difference, but like still in the top three. Uh, for me, it's just that I, I look at this lineup and the players are just better than like most of the players on like the rest of these NA teams in a way. And like, there's enough continuity and enough of a potential ceiling with Dardock that like, I think the spike performance for TSM is best team in the league. Like if you look at like TSM ceiling, I think they could be like as good as liquid. Yeah. 
but they got it held back so badly by Sven. Yeah, and, and replacing him with a really good eighty carry here. Yeah. So, yeah, I, and I do think um, you got to remember too, like Broken Blade's going to be another year experienced as well. Also, the meta game's in a presumably pretty good spot for these like you know tweener top laners that aren't just like hard tank players. So totally, I mean, agree. that could change, but. I think like Broken Blade and we're going to get to Viper in a little bit are just going to go nuts this season. So I, I tend to agree with that. I think they're going to be two of the best top laners in the league. So so I'll ask Chris, Chris and Calvin. You guys, so Chris, you had TSM at number three. Cal, you had them at number two, but uh, both of you had them in your next tier down, the A tier. Uh, mm-hmm. What's the what's the reasoning there? Uh, Chris, go first. Sure. Um, not so much. I think everything that you guys shared about TSM it rings true for me as well. I just think that they still need to come together. On paper, looks great. Kabe, I absolutely love that move, bringing him over. Dardock, like you mentioned, is the issue. Like, um, he hasn't shown superstar quality in over a year. Um, so that holds him back uh, for me from just jumping up ahead. Biofrost, I feel like he's a slight, like, either a slight upgrade or a lateral move from their last uh, support. So that much isn't... Um, true for me for me tsm i will always have that reputation are they just going to put all their eggs on bjergsen which i think it's a failing uh plan a failing strategy it needs to be a team that works together so until proven otherwise i i have them lower um not because i don't like them it's because i like clg better well uh so cal what do you think on tsm and then we're gonna get to chris's take on clg i feel like I I mean, don't get me wrong, Kabi's really good. Uh, I feel like it's just like what happened two or three years ago when they got Sven and Mithy, and everyone's a little overhyped about that. I'm not saying we are, but I just don't know yet. You know, anything could happen. Maybe it's like a TSM curse or something. Who knows? Maybe it's the EU bot lane deja vu. Yeah. People getting hyped about Mithy, that was their mistake. Unrealistic, actually. People were hyped about Mithy. That's fair. That is totally fair. Yeah, that's true. But I don't know. There's still uncertainty. Um, I'm just glad that they're giving Dardock another chance because I think he's performed well after his toxicity days. Um, So we'll see. I don't think they're... Just gotta see what their ceiling is, to be honest with you, because I'm not that high on them. So it's gonna be interesting to see Dardock in like presumably a winning team, but this is also the kind of team. And I'm not saying this because of like his his past or anything, but this feels very similar to the last team in that like if it doesn't work out and they have a rough start, I could see this unraveling pretty quickly. Yeah, Kabe, we like he's not a. a a firecracker, but still, if you come from like a, a team that just made worlds in EU and come to NA and start to struggle against teams that you would perceive as pretty bad teams, that could be a real like deflator. For... Yeah. I do want to say, I really agree with what Chris said too, is that for too long TSM has been the play around Bjergsen every game team or try to get Bjergsen to go off team. And it is, this is their shot to have a strong bot lane and a strong top lane and be able to play around any lane on the map. And they need to do that. I also think the metagame is so, so good for that. And the metagame is not in a spot. And it doesn't look like it's going to be in a spot where Bjergsen is is put on wave clear or control duty. Like, he's... The mid lane right now, the closest thing you have to that is Orianna. But, like, all the mid lane picks are right now are, like, Rumble, Tanks, Kiana. Like, all this different... Silas. Like, there's, there's all this different stuff going on. Um... Syndra, when she gets on band, is going to be really, really good. Uh, there's, there's a, there's, it, it's, it's going to be good for Bjergsen because it's not just going to be like Zillian and Cho'Gath. 
Yeah. Like it could be Orn and Scion though. So I don't know. Like maybe that's <laughs> maybe that's the thing. I don't know, but uh they just they have a lot of options now where they haven't had a lot of options in the past of how to win games. And so this is their chance to show that they don't need to just go with the Bjergs and carry every game that they can do it from every lane. All right. Uh so anything else on TSM? They're going to be intriguing to watch. All right. Uh, next up in our aggregated placements. Now this is where things get interesting. If you want to, if you want to do it this way, this is kind of like an, this is kind of like an S tier, and then we have our next we're team. Like going into the A tier. Yeah, yeah. There's like we're going into the A tier, which is like three and a half or four teams, depending on how we want to count it. Uh, aggregated, we have uh, Cloud Nine next. Uh, I had Cloud Nine number three uh, at the top of my A tier. Chris had Cloud9 at number 6 at the bottom of his B tier, so we're going to have to talk on that. John had them at number 4 in his A tier, or number 4 of two teams in his A tier, and Calvin had them at number 3 also in his A tier where he had TSM as well. Uh, I, I'm gonna I'm just going to ask Chris straight up on this one because Chris has the biggest um, divergence from the cast here. Chris has C9 at 6. What gives? Yeah, so if you get rid of your best jungler, and then there is some talk about, like, this team is not working out when I believe that last year's group is, was close to their peak. Well, yeah, I guess. Close to their peak in terms of chemistry and uh, playstyle. They were the challenger of NA last year, and now you are going to blabber, which we've I've seen enough of blabber to know that his style is going to cost the team more games than he's going to win them. Um, and then, let's see, they are moving towards Sven and Vulcan, so a new bot lane, new chemistry needed. They have to work around all those issues just to get themselves set right, and I just don't know how that it, it, those question marks, to me, leans more towards a team that needs to re-find re their identity and play style, and they can't do what they did last few years with the, with the C9 team. So you think it's it's like this? So you're not saying this team could be really good. You're saying, right? It the potential, and I think that will depend on one's Ven playing, um, not making the bot lane a liability, and Blabber not inting or playing recklessly because that's what his reputation and what he showed at Worlds and all the times that he was on stage that he's reckless and not really. Uh, and and like you mentioned, the mid jungler is important. And if your jungler is not there when needed, you're gonna lose more games than you're gonna win. I'll, I'll step up to the plate next and, and defend Cloud Nine because I, I had them at three. Uh, see, to to me, this is kind of a play. I, I see all the points you're making, Chris, and I, I agree with a lot of them. But I kind of look. This is kind of a play on the iteration, like the game League of Legends right now. Like, I look at the way League of Legends is played right now, and Cloud Nine's the kind of team that I want in a region like North America. Like, for the way the game's played right now. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to stay that way. Uh, I understand that there's a lot of questions, and, you know, they're deserved. But I, I want a top laner that can break parity, right? I want a jungler that will take risks all the time. Honestly, I want a jungler that takes risk as often as possible because it's the way to play from ahead and from behind right now. Uh, it's The game right now is all about blowing the game open early, and this team just has the players to do that, and I don't think it, it really matters who the AD carry is in particular. 
if that makes sense. Like, I also think that, you know, you could you could critique Zven and Vulcan compared to some of the bottom lanes. Like, I don't think that they're on par with, like, the elite bottom lanes now. But, like, I don't think they're as bad as the bad ones either. I think, I think after the top two bot lanes in North America, the rest of them are kind of all the same to me. And it's going to be more dependent on the top trio and, like, team's fundamentals. And I think Cloud9's got good coaching. They've got great solo lanes in Niski and Licorice. And I think Blabber's exactly the kind of jungler that you want in the current iteration of the game. Maybe that changes, but I think looking at right now, that's exactly what I want from a team. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'm willing to take some losses with Blabber inting every once in a while to do that. Yeah, I mean, I think they probably have three top three players in their role. Yep. I think Licorice is a top three player in his role. I think Niski's probably top three, and Vulcan is top three. And so they got two guys who are problems for me, Sven and maybe Blabber. I actually think Blabber's been fine. My honest-to-God biggest problem with the team is just Sven. I really just think Sven's awful. <clears throat> and I hate that they spent an import slot picking him up when they could have just sent him back home and gotten somebody like Cody's son. Like, if you replace Sven with Cody's son, I just feel so much better about this team. See, I think Cody's son's pretty overrated as well like he's good but like very good but also overrated if that's i think he's way better than sven that's all i care uh, about i wouldn't disagree with that but i do think they're like you say i do think they're i had them in fourth and i do think their top trio is is super strong uh i think niski and, and licorice make a great top side of the map i think vulcan can roam and help out so my only worry for them is that when they play against these top teams and they play against Doublelift, Core JJ, and Kabe Biofrost, I think they're going to get blown open in the bottom lane, and they're going to really have to put some effort into defending the bottom lane. So, uh, yeah, I'm worried about their bottom lane, but other than that, I think I think this is a good team. Like, I don't see them falling out of the playoffs. I think they're they're a very good team. Cal. Uh, I mean, same thing as you guys. I think I, every, every player is good in their own sense. I think Sven going to C9 might help him play better. Reaper as a coach is amazing. And I don't know, maybe he just needs a little bit more loose environment. I'm not saying TSM is like a hardcore like environment, but like C9 is generally always just like meme team and stuff like that. So maybe, you know, he's an EU, EU fuckhead. You know, he's just always uptight. You, know, you never know. know. You're right about that. You never know, too, if uh, if maybe the problem – when he was on TSM was not necessarily him individually, but it's something about the culture yeah. that didn't fit right the with him. Jungling. Yeah. The jungling was not necessarily on point. <laughs> so who knows? Maybe he's going to, you know, show up and be great this season. I, I wouldn't be that surprised. Yeah. Zven kind of, and I'm going to, I'm going to make this point with a couple of the teams we get to in a bit, but like Zven kind of reminds me of the, like the veteran player that it's not like his last rodeo necessarily, but when people are down on a player for long enough, I think the the market needs to like self correct in a way like not not necessarily the betting markets but like the the perception market right where I think perception of Zven is so low right now I'm partially biased because I listen to John <laughs> rag on him all the time but like I think you can't really get much worse is what I'm saying and like we see a lot of times like all he need all he needs to do on this team is be serviceable. Yeah, he, he that's a, a fair point is that on TSM he had a much bigger oh, job. Oh yeah, he had to, he had to put the carry pants on. on. Yeah, this this team if he's uh it's kind of like one of the LPL players we were talking about the other day. I can't remember who it was. Oh, is a uh, Hope on EDG. Yep. Like they don't need him to be a superstar. They just need him to not int. And yeah, Hope Hope and Fodic on, on TOP are like the same thing where they just need to be steady. Like that's all. And that's true with Ben here too, I think. Uh, and there's the thing anytime John mentions that like someone's bad, I listen. 
Aww. we've had our Webbifin, we have our Imp. Sven, you're <laughs> next. This is your year, Sven. I want to I wanna make a point that pretty much everybody that I've, like, ragged on on this podcast, like, doesn't play Professional League of Legends anymore. <laughs> like, everybody that I've gone after. The John Curse. Like, no like one, the Madden like, no Curse or something, right? Imp's <laughs> gone. Mithy's gone. Oh, he'll be a coach, and we'll talk about him later. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, anything else on Cloud9? Uh, they should be good. So next up in our aggregated odds at four and a half is CounterLogic Gaming. Which is weird and cool because most people did not have them anywhere near fourth. It was a, a surprise Chris second place CLG call that has raised them in the ag- aggregates. So Chris, tell us. I was going to say, Chris, you, it's, you take the floor again. Me again. Okay, so I was days. too low on the last team. I'm too high on this team kind of deal, right? Last year, we've seen CLG, and they played out of their mind. I think they pulled off certain games that I thought they were going to lose or they should lose, but it, they showed me some resilience and some form of uh, teamwork that I really thought they didn't have because they're counter logic. They're supposed to lose to teams that they're supposed to beat and win against teams that they're not supposed to. But they've stayed consistent through that. And this year they're bringing in Crown, which I am a fan of. Uh, I think it's a slight upgrade, even though stylistically he's the same as POE. I just think maybe he is more uh, mechanically Crown is gifted. really good. Like, don't, gifted. don't, I'm, I'm, I'm going to cut you off for a second because yeah. people need to realize. Yes, he came to North America. Yes, he played on a bad team. Crown is seriously good. Like he's he one of the better. He's one of the better mid laners on the planet in any region. He was maybe stuck in prison a little bit, you know, with the with optic. But Crown is exceptional. He's still very good. You saw at times last year that he could solo carry games, and that's like not a thing you can do anymore in League of Legends. It's very hard to do that, and I don't care what region you're playing in. If you're playing professional league, it's really hard to do that. Crown's still very good, and he can do a yeah. whole lot of different things. So yeah, and you kind of hear the narrative that people, the false narrative, might have put that people say, "Oh, Koreans come to North America to retire to get easy money." For Crown, it was not the case. He hard carried that. I'm going to spare listeners the word when I'm going to describe optics. It's a good thing they're gone. But Crown <laughs> in a good team, who I believe was. Um, could have been at Worlds. I mean, they lost to Dignitas. You know, <laughs> but could have been at Worlds. Now it's upgrade. Now, Smoothie is the one thing that I'm like... I I don't know. I haven't seen a good Smoothie in like two years. Maybe Smo- more. Smoothie's an interesting case because I think when he had the MVP like caliber season or the MB- MVP nomination season, right? Everyone was like, oh man, Smoothie's one of the best sports. And then just because he wasn't, like, a god every single game, everyone was like, oh, yeah, like, he's falling off. He's not that good anymore. Like, I, sometimes a player has a spike performance and people way overreact to when they regress to, like, where they're normally at. I still think he's one of the best supports in the region. Like, probably. Like, who's better than him, really? I view Quinn him JJ? and Biofrost very similarly. Yeah, I, see, I to me, I have, I, have, I have Smoothie, Biofrost, and Vulcan, like, in their own tier. Right below Core JJ, they're all very, very good. Okay, so you guys are higher on Biofrost than I mean on Smoothie than I am because I thought Biofrost was I got better for him last year. So if if we're saying that Smoothie is in the same tier, then this team really upgraded and didn't, didn't get anything else. <laughs> Keep hearing Chris's dogs. The best. <laughs> My biggest issue with CLG is ruin, 
And uh, I don't even think he's bad. I think he's like an LCS quality player. I think he was an LCS quality player. But this region's going to have some serious top lane talent this season. I'm worried that Ruin can hold his own against like Viper and Broken Blade and Licorice and all these guys that are going to be running around. Um, I don't have him like even Kumo, who we're going to talk about in a minute. I, I just I'm not sure that Ruin's going to be able to hold his own up there, even though I think he's an LCS quality player. I think the person, uh, just to bring it up, another person we didn't talk about yet on this roster is Wiggly, who I think was, like, probably the best player on this team last year. I had him in my top 20 players in NA. Yeah. When I did my top 20 players in NA list. He snuck on to the end of that list and was one of the more controversial picks. But I think Wiggly's very good and a hot prospect in the jungle. So, like, if you think, like, like I think Stixay is overrated, but he, like, continues to – Stixay is, like, weirdly – he has this weird, like, steady growth trajectory. He's like a blue chip stock, right? Like, <laughs> at first he was, like, way overrated when he just wasn't bad as like a, as a new player. And then he got, like, way overrated because all these team comps got built around him and he got to have all these, like, crazy numbers because it was, like, a protect-the-carry meta and it's easy for anyone to look – it's easy for any carry to look good when it's protect-the-carry meta. Yeah. Right? But then, like, last year he exceeded my expectations – no, you know, not by that much, but he he exceeded my expectations. Like he's good. Six A is a very good player. I don't know if he's like the superstar everyone thinks he is, but if you combine that, like he's been just a rock, like just steady, right? You bring in a good support in the smoothie. You have Crown, who's an elite mid laner. Wiggly, who is going to be another year better, but was already a stud as a rookie. Uh, th- this team looks good, and I'm I'm starting to regret my ranking for them now. Like you've talked me into this a little bit, Chris, but um. We'll see. I, my my issue with CLG is just always that like they lack the talent and they don't this year. So maybe I should have CLG higher. And like they did overperform like as a team last year. So maybe I should have them higher. I'm, I'm yeah. I'm, I'm going to switch mine up. <laughs> I think they've got a little bit of ceiling on them. Like I ranked them sixth, but I think they've got a little bit of ceiling on them. I could see them being top four. I'm not sure I can see them cracking the top three. So we'll, we'll have to see. I think like for me, fourth is probably their ceiling. Cal, what do you think on CLG? CLG kind of reminds me of, like, JDG because, like, you know, I won't say, like, Power Evil was, like, bad or anything. I think Crown's an upgrade. Um, Stick Say is just, like, your gal. Always just been good. You can't knock him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that's, that's kind of true. That's a good comparison. You really just can't, like, just knock him. He's never, you're, not, you're never just like, oh, wow, Stick Say stuck. You know, he's always just been solid. Wiggly's good. I think just this team in general is going to come together. It's a general upgrade for me. All right. Anything else on CLG? All right. Uh, number five at exactly five, uh, we have Evil Geniuses. Uh, One of the more controversial the teams in the league, too. Yeah. New, new to league, acquired uh, the Echo Fox slot. Uh, we won't be having Echo Fox memes anymore. Oh. <laughs> Uh, Evil Genius, long-standing esports organization, one of one of the first true big organizations in any esport. Like yeah, CS one point five. Yeah, long I was time watching ago. them in CS one point five back long, in the day. Long, long time ago. Um, so EG's been and have had a. Had, this isn't their first go around the LCS or LEC or or LCS either. They've had teams. So uh, I had EDG in my A tier, but I gave them an A minus. I had them at number four. Chris had them at number seven in his C tier, so big gap there. John had them at number three in his A tier. Calvin had them at number six in his B tier. So, 
Chris, I hate to keep going to you first, man, but like, but Cal is only like a spot away. Yeah, so uh, maybe tier. we'll let Cal, we can let Calvin open on this one. Then, so like, Cal, what, what's why, why do you have EG so low? Um, for some reason, I I think hundred thieves, hundred that's what I have. Hundred thieves better than them, right? Hundred thieves and um, CLG. You yeah, have CLG, hundred thieves, and EG all yeah, the same. Team. Honestly, between hundred thieves and CLG or CLG, uh, evil geniuses. I think Hunter Thieves is going to be just a slight better than uh, Evil Geniuses. I don't know. It's just I'm not a big fan of of Jizuke coming over. I, I don't know how he's going to play. I think Kumo and Switching Aaron are really good. You I think I mean? Jizuke is going to body almost everybody oh, that's not an elite mid laner in this region. Like outside oh, yeah. of like Jizuke, <laughs> Niski, and like maybe like Bjergsen and Jensen. The uh, the rest of this league, he's just going to dominate, including Power of Evil. I think, like, I think he's going to body Jensen. To be honest with you, maybe. maybe. Like, we'll I, see. The, I just don't like their bottom lane either. I don't like banging. That's my big question. I for I me, that's okay. it. Yeah, no, that's just really it. Yeah, I think Bang and Zazel is my biggest question. So that's why this is the question of Bang and Zazel for me. Yeah, that's why this team I put them in third on my list, but really, there's something like a like two to six. And it's entirely dependent on how yep. good this bot lane is. They're not really like in a solid spot because if this is one of the best bot lanes in the league, like if we watch these guys play and Bang and Zazel are one of the best bot lanes in the league, then this is probably like a contender to win the league, like one of the best teams in the league, no doubt. If Bang and Zazel are just atrocious, which is also a possibility, I think the more likely then you, possibility. Then yeah, it, and it really kind of comes down to how you feel about their chances of being successful because Kumo, Svenskeren, and Jizuke is a absurd top three. Like among the best top threes in the league, I'm trying to think of the other teams' top threes and maybe Team maybe, Liquid, maybe Liquid, maybe TSM with Broken Blade and and Dardock, depending. How, on how I don't think forms. I think this, this top three for me crushes TSM's top three. I think like questions Cloud about Dardock and Blabber. Cloud Nine is the only. I think they're better than Team Liquid's top three. Maybe no, I don't think so. I gotta say, they're, they're I gotta, in the argument. I gotta say it with Kumo first. They're in the argument for me to be, like, one of the best top threes in the league, basically. I think Team Liquids and Cloud9s have an argument to be better than theirs for sure. Uh, but it's all about whether this bot lane is good. It w- it's very possible that this bot lane is, like, just atrocious. And it's also possible that they're very good, and we just really don't have any idea until we've seen it for a little bit. Uh, both of these guys were basically in teams where their lane partner was very bad. And we, ha- and we don't know if they were, like, they also didn't look good. And we don't know whether or not they were the problem, if they were not the problem at all, if they were part of the problem. We don't know, like, what percentage of the problem they were. So if they were both not the problem and they were both doing very good and they were getting held back by Sneaky and Aphromu, then this team will be great. If they were the problem, then this team will be mediocre. So we have to see. I also think that, like, it's it's a question of just, like, conflicting styles, too. We kind of talk uh, – we're going to talk about this in the in the European show, too, but, like – it's the conflicting style of like Forgiven and Dreams and Zazel and Bang. Like, yeah. <laughs> Bang is not necessarily a lane dominant player. Like, over the course of his career, he's been able to do everything. He's been able to play weak side bottom. He's been able to play like low resource, low econ. He's been able to play high econ, right? With all those, you know, hyper carry single, like one carry Lucian games that he's had, like back in SKT and like back in the day. But uh, to me, this is like stylistically a mismatch. Zazel is not a good laner. Like, I don't care if he was with Sneaky or not. Not good laning fundamentals, right? He's good on the map, knows how to leverage his map position and all that. Not a great laner. 
Bang hasn't been a good laner recently. So unless the two of these guys reinvent themselves, or unless like that ends up not mattering and the top trio can just take over, which is something that I think is important in the current game, then like they're just going to be a liability. It's just a matter of how much, right? I do think there's a certain extent of that these guys may have been being held back by their lane partner from the last couple years. So uh, I-, I can see that angle too. But uh, to me, I just don't think it matters that much. And, like, maybe that'll change, but, like, I, I think s- it's not that bot lane doesn't matter. It's that laning doesn't matter nearly as much as it, as it has because it's it's shorter. It's more about, like, the early team fights and everything right now. So I don't think maybe there's a, ch- like, there's a chance that that liability won't be as big. It won't be as amplified as it is in previous metas. So I, I'm, with, I'm with John on this. Like, I think even if they're, like, subpar, as long as they're not abysmal, if they're subpar, I still think this is probably, like, a top four team. Because I think the top trio is just so good that it's, you know, and it, and it makes sense for how the games play right now, too. So that's that's why I'm that's why I'm at on EG. Uh, or, yeah, does anybody have anything else on this one? We had them just, at five. Just quickly, I think I was hoping that, like, y'all are going to discuss and make me change my mind on this. But I think we all came to the same conclusion of, how are how are they working together? I'm looking at this team as like they're fantastic to watch if I'm looking at solo queue, but none of them, maybe say for Kumo Svenskeren, has ever played with each other before, and this is like thrown in. I mean, you can probably get away with it in LCS, but the teams that I've ranked ahead of them now that I look over it has at least some form of consistency in terms of team chemistry. But so they are a wild card for me. That's that's a reason. That's totally reasonable. Uh... Any other thoughts on Evil Geniuses? Another kind of big um, discrepancy there. Um, oh, one last thing, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, again, John killing certain things. He killed Echo Fox, so they're no longer in the league. The trend continues. <laughs> See? I, I have powers. John George is the Madden curse of League of Legends. <laughs> uh, number six. Uh, the last team in our aggregate... I would call this like our aggregated A tier, I guess. Aggregated playoffs? Yeah, like playoff list is 100 Thieves coming in at 5.2. Um, so, let's see. Chris, you had them at number 4. John had them at 5. Cal, you had them at 5. I had them at 7, but I, I kind of have a caveat with my list that like... So I have Liquid, TSM, Cloud9, EDG, and then the rest of the league to me is more or less pretty even. Like, similar amounts of questions. Some teams have more upside than others. Some teams, I think, are going to start off hot. So it's really difficult for me to rank them, like, after the top four teams to me. Uh, maybe top five if I'm, I'm coming around on CLG. You convinced me there, Chris. But, like, to me, like, the next five teams are all kind of homogenous. Like, they're all kind of the same, like, in terms of, like, where I see them ending up. It's just that they have different, you know, upsides and downsides. So, I had 100 Thieves at 7, but really, like I said, like, it's kind of all the same to me. Like, 100 Thieves, the biggest question is, we have Ryoma uh, coming in from, is he Australia or New Zealand? I always forget. He's coming in from Oceania. Oceania. Um, The rest of this team is returning members. They have Zix coaching. Some... Like level of continuity, but like they they have good players. Cody Sun someday. To me, the big question is how's Ryoma going to end up doing, and 
does me- is Meteos going to have a down year? Because it seems like Meteos goes like fluctuates, like up year, down year, up year, down year, and then like once the expectations are low, he's fine. But once the expectations are high, it's like okay, like he ends up having a down year. It's not necessarily correlated to that, but like it seems like he's real hot and cold, right? Yeah this this team, the more that I've this is kind of similar to Vici. Uh, the more that I've looked at this team, the less that I've that I've liked it. Yeah. Um, they really only have one superstar for me, which is someday. Um, I think someday was just crazy good last year. And especially if you watched him when he was in Academy, I just hated like, that they, he got relegated to that. Like, I know the, why they did it, but like, come on, man, seriously. Yeah. Like, that's disrespectful. And, he, but he did what he was supposed to do in Academy, which was, he's like maybe the only guy I've seen that got put down in Academy and just dumpstered everybody. Like, when they put uh, Sven Skarin and Sneaky down in Academy, they were not, like, dumpstering everybody. Like, they were playing pretty well, and they were doing good. But someday, straight, like, in, in lineups on DFS where you could put an 80 carry in the captain spot, you were putting someday. Because he was, <laughs> he was scoring such an absurd number of points every game. He was just, like, literally dominating Academy. Um, I'm worried about Medios. I think he's going to have a terrible year, if I'm honest with you. Uh, I think Cody Sun is very good. Stunt is serviceable, and we really don't know what we can say about Rioma yet. I mean, on Bombers, he was great, but who knows, you know, coming over to to North America, how the difference in competition is going to translate. So it's really hard to say with this team. I don't think they really – they don't have anywhere where they're going to dominate anybody. Like, someday is very, very good, but even someday – He's got competition this year. Yeah, he's going to be up against Licorice, Kumo, Huni, Viper – you know, a bunch of very, very impact, like a bunch of very good top laners. So there's not a lot of matchups where he's really going to be able to dominate either. So I don't have a ton of faith in them. I think they can sneak into the playoffs and that's about where I'm at with them. Uh, Any other thoughts on hundred thieves? Cal, you got anything or. Yeah. I just think they're, the players are actually pretty good enough. Um, I'm glad they're, I don't know. I just feel like, this might be just some like revenge thing between Cody Sun and someday, or just make them just play just a lot better. I don't know how Medios is gonna do. I think stunts. I don't know. I think stunt kind of sucks, but yeah. <laughs> but he's uh, unimpressive. Yeah, he's not that good, and it's the same thing with like EG. It's like I don't know how stunt and Medios are gonna do. I think Rion will be fine though, in my opinion. In like my like bottom five like homogenized list, there's like two different subgroups which are like. Teams that have good players and teams that I don't think have good players, but, like, I kind of still don't think they're going to differentiate each other that much. But, like, 100 Thieves is a team that I think does have good players for the most part. So, I mean, they have three good players. But, like, really, if you think about it, like, how much different is that than, like, TSM or, or like, EG, right? So, like, how much lower can I really put them? That was, like, kind of where my, was, my mind was at yep. with it. Anything else on 100 Thieves? Moving into our B tier... Maybe C tier because it's a pretty big jump here. Uh, 7.2, we have FlyQuest, John's boys. John, why don't you take the floor on FlyQuest? I had them at 8. Chris had them at 5. John had them at 8. Calvin had them at 8 as well. So go for it. Yeah, this is going to be a bad season for FlyQuest, unfortunately. Uh, It's going to be the Viper show. I'm pretty confident about that. Uh, I think Viper is going to make an argument to be the best or among the best top laners in the entire league this season. Get your he was already, he was already kind of there, and he's got another year now. 
Um, also, he's going to get a chance to showcase it because the rest of his team is pretty awful, and so they're going to need they're going to need him to be fantastic. Yeah, I got all kinds of problems. Like Santorin's a a serviceable but below average jungler. I think these days Power of Evil is a serviceable but below average mid laner. Not because he's bad; he's stayed at the same quality. The quality of the league is just going up to the okay. point where a guy who used to be above average mid laner is now becoming a below average it's mid laner. It's the mole in the LPL problem. Yep, you just you stay the same, and everybody else keeps getting better. Um, and then their bot lane, Wild Turtle is my favorite League of Legends player of all time, but his time is over. It's the, the Wild Turtle era is done. And uh, Ignar, I don't see Ignar really being any much of an upgrade from what did. Ignar is better than what did, but not by enough where it's going to be a big change, I don't think. So really, they have one lane where they have a chance to be really strong in the top lane. And there's really not even that many matchups where they can do that. Like I said, with someday, the top lane quality in the league is so high. Viper's not just going to go out and dominate somebody every match. So, yeah, it's going to be a tough season for for my boys. I think. I kind of think that like this this team has a weird like it's all veterans, and then like the one guy that's not is just like a stud in Viper. So to me, like this doesn't feel like it can possibly be a last place team, even though I know that that's a distinct possibility. Right. I don't think they can become. I don't think they can be last. There's some worse lineups, but I think if I'm FlyQuest, I'm preparing to fill four slots in summer. Yeah, like I literally like... want to replace everybody except for Viper. Cal and Chris, you agree with this? Yep, I think uh, you guys hit it nail on the head. This is a team that it's gonna have to play through Viper. I, I think Poe Belcher was horrendously average. Horrendously average. Um, well, he's the jungler so, for Team Liquid now, so. <laughs> but uh, so I maybe Power of Evil does slightly better. And you're right, Wild Turtle. This may be his like sunset years. Sending yeah. him off into the sunset, right? Uh, Cal, anything on FlyQuest? Or are you kind of like? Yeah, it doesn't really impress me. It's just, eh. yeah, it's yeah, yeah. That's like the take, right? It's just like, eh. Uh, what a viper's cool. <laughs> it's popcorn ready to watch Hyper try to try to watch Viper one v nine. Like that's what this is gonna be. I'm gonna like watching FlyQuest, but uh. which is pretty much the feeling for the teams and everything below them from this point. Yeah. On. So so number eight we have Immortals. Uh, you Finally, guys... we get to talk about a team that's top lane will get dumpstered. Yeah. All right. So I had Immortals again. Like I put them at six on my list, but again, it's like. It's it's mostly just like everybody from here on down is the same to me. Uh, Chris had them at nine. John had them at nine. Calvin had them at ten, dead last. So to me, this is like the same kind of deal where like and we kind of talked a little bit about this on the cast early, like before we went on. But I'm not as down on old players as a lot of people are. So I think Soaz and Smithy still have like a lot to bring to the t- like not a lot, but like they still have enough to bring to the table if they're going to be competitive. I also think that. Altec and Hakuo have shown that they can perform like at a serviceable level in the past, and I don't think there's that many. Like, there's like two or three good like good bot lanes in this league. So, like, I'll take the ones that have synergy, and I, I would take them over. Like, they're not the worst bot lane in the league to me. I think they're better than FBI and Keith. I think they're better than Wild Turtle and Ignore. I think they could be better than Bang and Zazel. Um, like. Could be better than Johnson and Aframu. We don't know about Johnson. FBI, Keith. Right? Yeah, FBI actually, is good. We'll FBI talk about is that. Good. We'll talk about that when we get there because I yeah. got some hot takes for that. Too. FBI is good. But I wanted um, to, to clarify something because we clarified it before we started the cast, but I want to make sure people understand this about old players. Is 
a lot of times I talk about like how I don't like a lot of these like previous generation players, or I think they just don't have the, it's, and I wanted to clarify, it's not about the fact that they're old. It's not about like they're aging, so they can't keep up with it anymore and they don't have the, the quick reflexes or whatever. It's not about that. That makes me not like older players. It's about the bar for entry when they became professional players. A lot of the time it's like, if this season, what you have to do to become a professional baseball player is hit eight home runs in a season and you can, and you're a pro player. And then next season, you have to be able to hit 40 home runs in a season to be considered a good, like a good batter. So the guys that that became professionals when you only needed to hit eight, often that's what they're capable of. They're capable of hitting 10 or 12 and that's how they became pros. And the guys that are coming from the next generation, when it got so much harder to become a pro, a lot of the time need to be significantly better in order to even find themselves up here. Those other guys often snuck in when you only needed to be able to hit 10 and then gained some history behind them and made connections to the industry. And and they had some performances as well. Like people remember them being in a finals here or a semifinals there or making worlds here. And so teams are more likely to pick them up because they have like this history and backing behind them. And so a lot of times they can manage to hang around, even though they don't have the skill that the players from the next generation have. And they never had it. It's not that they were better than the current players and then they've fallen off because they got old. It's just that they were always at a certain level and the, the bar for entry now is often higher than that level. So I just wanted to yeah, clarify that. I mostly agree, but for me, it's it's mostly just like, I don't think the gap is as large as you're saying. Not that like you're you're saying it's like drastic or whatever, but like, I mean, when Soas first started playing to become a professional league player, you just had to like message Loco Doco and be like, "Hey, will you go to this? Will you see, go to this the, tournament see, with me?" And I'm he also, was like, "Yeah, go to the tournament with me." And then I'm also willing up. to side with exceptions. <laughs> like I know people like to give Soas shit, but Soas has been a good player oh, in his career. He's been a great player in his career. I don't even you, think he was that bad last year. To be fair, none of those guys like there was. 100 and something pro players. Yeah, there's like two, seven of them left or and something. And five of them are left. Yeah, none, yeah. Of the worst, none of the worst guys from that generation are still around. Yeah, like, and most of the guys the that are left guy. are legit. Double lift, yeah. so as. Like, there, yeah. there's, I mean, you go into Asia, there's a bunch of them too. But, like, a little bit of a digression there. But, like, yeah. so basically, I, I to me, this team, like, so as an Smithy is good. So as an Smithy and then Altec Hakua is enough consistency to me that, like, this team can't possibly be that bad. Uh, Ike is the big question mark. So I have them a little, I'm willing to go a little higher, but again, like I have my whole list kind of homogenized. You, like Chris and Cal, you have any thoughts on, on immortals that stick out to you or are you just kind of like eh, on them? I think they just suck. Yeah. I mean, their superstar is, is Nick Smithy. And I just don't think it's good enough. If you're a super, if you're a superstar, your carry is Nick Smithy. I'm not sure that's good enough. I think, uh, see, that... I think so as the best player on this team. Oh. Maybe I just haven't seen his best in like ever since the meta shifted away from um, <laughs> stopwatch. Uh, but the other hangup I have with this team is definitely Zabutin. I, he might be a fine coach. I just people have never been said that he was like a hands-on type of coach. That's a good point. That is a good point. I yeah. think Zabutin has not has not had a lot of success with almost any team that he's had. I do also think that there's an there's a possibility that Ike is the best player on this team. Oh yeah, that's so, certainly possible. I mean, if that if Ika ends up being really good, suddenly this team looks a lot better, right? If I'm Immortals, I have the same thought process as FlyQuest. I'm ready to get rid of four people going into summer. Keep Ika. Correct. We'll see. Maybe this. maybe it commit these days, but right. Uh, Cal, any thoughts on Immortals? You just kind of like, eh. nah. Just don't they suck. Me. That's your take. Yep. <laughs> 
Uh, just for reference, Cal has them at 10. Uh, number nine, Golden Guardians. We had them aggregated at eight and a half. Uh, to me, I don't know, man. Golden Glue is the best challenger player ever that just has not been able to hack it in pro play. Are you talking about Grayson Golden Glue Gilmer of the Golden Guardians? Yes, I, mean, I am. That's, that's so many Gs. So many alliterations. G, 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 right? <laughs> to me, like, all right, so Haunter kind of took it down. I could see Haunter being better than he was last year, and I think FBI is, is the, the guy here, right? Um, FBI is probably the best player on this team, right? And I think closer is closer. very good. Yeah, dude. Yes, on Royal Youth, he's so good. I would say so good, but he, I think he's really good. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we didn't mention that, but closer coming in from the Turkish league, from Royal Bandits, um, and then well, yeah, Royal they renamed the Royal Youth, same thing. But like coming in from the Turkish league, um, first Turkish player I think in NA, right? So in the big stage, NA. Yeah. Yes. So he was good. I didn't. I didn't watch like every single game in Turkey this season, but he was he was good. I watched most of the like the, the top teams. I could see this working out, but like again, it's just it's just question marks to me. Like I don't know. At least you get dumpster by CG, so it was okay. <laughs> I ranked them kind of low, but I actually think this. I think this team is going to way overperform what people think of them. This is my like underdog team of the split. I think FBI is really good, and I'm gonna tell you why. FBI is good. I'm going to tell you why they're going to overperform this split. Because Thorin is about to get jacked. Because Froggen is terrible. And and he was, like, not... Okay, I, I misspoke. He's not terrible. He's very good at playing one kind of League of Legends. And this team was forced to play that kind of League of Legends last year. And it made Froggen look very good. And it made everybody else look very bad. And now that he's gone... I think this team is going to be way better. I think Hanser is going to take a step up. I think FBI is going to take a step up. Closer was very good. I like Golden Glue getting the starting spot. And biggest hot take, I think Keith is going to be a great support. I think Keith will be a good support. Keith has been around for a long time. I'm going to contest. I'm going to contest you on the Frog and Point because I don't think I, I think this team played around him not because they had to, but because like it was just the most convenient thing for them to do. I also don't think Froggen I think Froggen much like Koro is just like miscast. Like Froggen no. is a way more versatile player than people think. I'm with not Koro, saying he's, I think you might be right, but not with Froggen. I'm not saying he's going to be like one of the best mid laners in the league. I just think he's still way better than people think. Like he how is. many times did Froggen play like Kiana last season or any of the champions that were actually good last season? Like he played like almost no games on the champions that were actually good. Every game he was just playing control mages. It's still hard to tell if that was a symptom of of the teams <laughs> and the coaching or him. Like we don't know. Right. I really think that that like they they it's were possible. at their best. They were at their best when they played around Froggen last season. But the rest of the team gets made to look worse that way as well. Like they That's, performed the best. I that is say. true. I'll, I'll I'll agree with you there. I just don't. So th- I, I just don't think we can. I don't. Th- I don't think we can point like I don't. Th- this is like a causation correlation yeah. thing where I don't. We'll think have it's, to find out for sure. Yeah, we're gonna find out. But um, I, th- I think Froggen was the problem in this team, and I think they're gonna be a lot better without Froggen. Yeah. Which is why he's on our aggregate number ten team that we'll talk yeah. about in a minute. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that was necessarily the problem. I think this team had other issues, just like consistency issues. But uh, anything else on Golden Guardians? Or are we going to get to our number ten? I'm wearing the jersey. <laughs> All right, number ten is Dignitas. I had them at nine. Doesn't really make that big a difference to me. Chris had them at eight. John ten. Calvin nine. Uh, 
I don't know, man. Like this team, <laughs> I, 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 Grieg was really bad on TSM. Like really, <laughs> really bad. Hooney's a stud still. I know. I don't really care what people say about that. Like he's a stud still. Well, I just talked about Froggen. John Sun, we don't know. Super prospect, you know, in quotes or whatever. Aframu was awful last season. I can't see him being that much worse than he was last season. I don't know if he's just cooked, done. I don't know if it's just the situation. I don't know if he needs John Sun to carry him. I, I don't I don't know. This team I put Golden Guardians lower, but it doesn't matter. Like they're all the same. Like all the all these bottom teams are the same to me. Like does anybody have like a hot take on this team? Like they just don't look, like. I don't know what this team ceiling is unless unless Hooney's just a god. Like what if, if is what if John Sun is the next double lift? Like, like how good is this team if John Sun is the next double lift? Here's here's the problem. So you're talking about like Hooney and being a stud, which I kind of agree with. But when we talk about Hooney like being a stud, when we look it's at the other top tough. laners in the league, yeah, he's like right. he's like the sixth best top laner in the league or something. Even though I th- I do think he's very good and he's capable of like carrying games, he's actually like the sixth best top laner in the league. And they have arguably like the tenth best jungler in the league. It's yeah, hard to I, say. I, I hard agree with the tenth best jungler. There's probably <laughs> academy junglers better than Greg. Like it's it's hard to say what what Froggen will do depending on how they play and what he wants to play and stuff. But their top three, which we were talking about, how important it is to have like a really strong top three, is like the worst jungler in the league, maybe the sixth best top laner, and they're a bottom half, really, a bottom half yeah. mid laner. Yeah, so yeah, you can't really argue that he's above like fourth, uh, fifth, or sixth or something for Froggen. So their best player on the top three is like maybe top five or top six in the league, and that's just really, really unfortunate for your team. Even if Johnson and Aframu were good, you still have like yeah. a bottom four, top that, three. That's kind of where I'm at. Like, that's kind of why I have them in, my, in bottom two, just because like I, the ceiling for this team is not high. Like, that's my issue. And it, unless they like come out to a hot start, because everyone else is figuring their shit out, I don't see this team getting, you know, above 500 ever. Like, that's... I don't know. Chris and Cal, you have any, anything on Golden Guardians? You mean... When you run out of money, you go from Cody Sun to John Sun. <laughs> <laughs> when you give Hooney all the money, right? Well, Cal, anything? No, just... All my friends think the Natas are so good, so I hope they fail. Oof, that's mean. I will say, uh, just from a betting perspective, since we in these preseason shows we haven't talked a ton about betting, but a lot of these teams that I have ranked lowly, like Immortals is a great example, is our teams that, even though I don't think they're that good, they should do pretty well early in the season. Like teams that have a lot of veterans uh, should be able to like start off solid. They'll be good at, at easily making connections with people and figuring out how to play with other people. So even though I don't think Dignitas is a good team, I had them in 10th, they do have some good veterans on this team. I wouldn't be surprised to see teams like Dignitas and Immortals rattle off like a good record in the first three weeks of the season. They make really good teams to bet as underdogs early in the season. Agree. So tough. that's something to pay attention to. As well as teams that you want to play in DFS for like upset purposes <laughs> and cheap, cheap salary. I mean, yep. Dig is like, you can see it from the first roster that's already rolled out. Yeah, Golden Guardians is the kind of team that I think is not a team you want to bet early in the season. They have like a lot of younger guys that are prospects, a guy that's switching positions. Even though I think they're a better team than Dignitas, I would 100% bet Dignitas in week one against Golden Guardians. Absolutely, so. yeah. Um, that's it. Any any futures we have our eye on 
for uh, NA. I know for me, I I've got some shares in Liquid and some shares in Evil Geniuses, but for me, everyone else is the the price is just kind of not good enough. Maybe maybe TSM at plus six hundred is the only other one I could be talked into. What do you have for CLG? CLG is plus a thousand, ten to one to win the split. I kind of like that. But that's just me. I'm heavily biased. That's re- I mean, that's, that's reasonable. Like, uh, the spring split's always real interesting, too, because you always have a team or two that there's they don't have a high ceiling, but because it's spring split and you have teams playing for the whole year a lot of the time, that there's almost always a, 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 that, that veteran consistent team that like gets into you know the, the playoffs in the first round. Sometimes they can make a run, right? Um, John, do you have anything? I know you, you, you did. The other thing is uh, I did say that I liked – uh, I did an article about my top five favorite bets for the season, and one of them, um, I really like TSM at plus six hundred and fifty to win the regular season. Uh, there's a bet on a lot too on uh, some sites that I try not to mention specifically if I can help it, but there is a bet to win the regular season, not including the playoffs, and I like TSM to win that. Team Liquid should struggle at the beginning with Pobelter as their jungler, and they just tend to take things less seriously, I think, than TSM will this season. TSM has been bad for a while. They're going to want to come out and look as good as they possibly can, so I think they'll win the regular season. Yeah, I kind of I, I like that angle a lot too. Uh, that's better odds than them winning the whole split, which you know I'd rather them have the, you know the regular season. I think that's a good that's a good spot. Other than that, I think it's like liquid and then whichever dog you like, <laughs> basically. All right, that's going to be it for North America. Um, next up, we'll have Europe coming your way. We'll see you guys on the other side. The Gold Card Podcast opening theme is Clouds by Harvey and the Hendersons. The closing theme is Wasp in a Hat by the Tea Club. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Podbean to never miss an episode.